Welcome everyone, I'm Gary McKillops and this is Sports Across the Board. Today is a special episode recorded largely at the Bee Foundation's annual gala in Sarasota, Florida, where over 600 people gathered to support the Foundation's effort to find a cure for pediatric cancer. The event was the 18th annual gala supporting an organization founded by the legendary North Carolina State basketball coach Jim Valvano. Jim presented his famous Never Give Up speech at the 1993 ESPYs and sadly lost his battle to cancer less than two months later. But his vision lives on. So far, the V Foundation has raised over $322 million for cancer research. Of course, none of this would have been possible without Dick Vitale, who picked up the torch and has been the Foundation's driving force for two decades. In this episode of Sports Across the Board, we talked with many sports celebrities who showed up in Sarasota to support the Bee Foundation. They talked both about why they attended and answer questions about the sports that made them famous. Our first guest was David Robinson, twice NBA champion with the San Antonio Spurs and Olympic champion, not to mention a former basketball star at Navy. He begins by talking about Dick Vitale and what he's done for kids with cancer. And I mean, he does um, unbelievable work. So anyone who has family members, I mean, I know my father just hit 80, and it slows you down tremendously. You know, coming off, of, you know, his cancer scare, and it's incredible. And so he's really been an inspiration to a lot of people for a long, long time. Now, I go out there and I play basketball, but that's not the biggest part of my legacy. I, I hope it's not the biggest part of my legacy. You have to use all your talents, and I think Dick has done that very, very well. The year 1994. You and Shaq battled down to the wire. You had a 71-point game. How well Man. do you remember that one? <laughs> no, I, I remember that night because, uh, you know, obviously during the season, you know, you're not thinking about those type of individual awards, but that was the last game of the season. And, and yeah, and certainly was on our minds. The game was not critically important for us. You know, we came into the game, and I remember my coach, uh, John Lucas at the time, saying, hey, you know, I want you to score as many as you can tonight. And, and um and that was never, I never really focused on that, but, but it, it was nice to have that license to say, okay, let's, let's go do this. Let's have some fun. And my teammates were phenomenal. They were, you know, made sure I touched the ball every, every time down the court. And, and, and so f- for us as a team, I thought that was a really good experience. It was just something fun to do. I mean, it didn't mean a whole lot, in, you know, in the, in the overall picture of trying to win the championship, but I think it meant a lot for our team. So, uh, so yeah, I think, it, you know, for us it was, I thought it was a, a valuable moment and something I think we'll all re- always remember. What do you think of the changes in college basketball? Good or not so good? Great. I mean, I think they're necessary. Um, you know, the players take a heavy toll. I, my son played football at Notre Dame, and, you know, he's not one of those guys that went to the NFL, but he has the concussions that, you know, to – I, we had to take him to the con- concussion specialist, and we had, you know, he stopped playing his senior year because of it. And so, you know, fortunately, he's got some things he can fall back on. But there are a lot of kids who do not have that, Very and true. they lay their bodies out on the line for those teams. And it, you know, that's it's great, but it's a big business. And so for them to recognize that the kids are a part of that business is very, very important. So NIL is a, a good thing in your estimation? Absolutely. I mean, I think, but I, and truthfully, I think it's only the first step in what should happen. It, it's one thing to say that, the, you know, the, the scholarship is worth something, but you've got to make sure that, you know, even, even kids who aren't playing sports are saying their, their degree is not worth as much as they, you know, you would hope. So now these kids who spent 70 hours a week playing football and, and, you know, their degree was kind of a secondary thing. Now, you know, you're telling me that's valuable. So I think 
it's nice to recognize that these kids are really doing a lot for their universities and, and, and saying, okay, it's okay. You should be able to profit somewhat by it. Thank you. That was David Robinson. Next up, tennis legend and ESPN commentator, John McEnroe. So obviously there's a reason why everybody is here, but what, what, what is so personal about this for you? Well, I have six kids. From that alone, you know, and what this charity is trying to overcome is huge. So that that's an easy one. Um, and then you see, you know, obviously when Jim Valvano from way back, uh, what happened with him and then Dick uh, Dickie V following in his footsteps. And ESPN tries to be feel as much like a family as possible. So you just feel like you start to hear more about it and get it. And, and, and it hasn't worked out sometimes because of scheduling, but I'm glad I'm here now. Can you give us a quick handicap on the French Open? The French Open is um, difficult to say because I, you know, I don't even know if Nadal's playing. Uh, Djokovic has been hurt. Um, but this young kid is electric, Alcaraz. He's probably going to go in as a favorite. I don't know if um, Nadal at this moment's playing. Obviously, we all hope so because it, it's good when you see the young and the old go at it. That would be interesting. And hopefully, you know, some Americans will make some type of run. What is your favorite place to play at the Big Four? My favorite is Wimbledon or the U.S. Open. You know, Wimbledon was like, um, I don't like Augusta in golf and um I, I ball played at the U.S. Open, so uh, that was, uh, and I lived 15 minutes where they played the tournament, so it's like a no-brainer. My final question, are you going to take up pickleball as a career? Hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> but you did well the first time. I, I maybe quit while I'm somewhat ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks very much, Jen. That was tennis superstar and ESPN commentator John McEnroe. Next, we interview the Tennessee head basketball coach Rick Barnes. And we hear what he has to say about Dick Vitale, the V Foundation, and his success with the Volunteers. Well, you know, I came to one of Dick's events. I think it might have been the second year he had it. And uh, then obviously when Dick uh, had his cancer, and uh, I called to check on him just to see how he was doing. And uh, I said, is there anything I can do? And he said, pray for me. Just pray for me. And so I said, I'm going to do that. And and, uh, to know, let him know that I meant what I said... I started sending him a prayer every day, texting him a prayer every day for five months and said, I'm, I'm, I'm going through you with the long haul. And uh, as much as I think he appreciated it, it helped me just as much. And uh, I have great respect for him. I mean, I've been in basketball for over 45 years, and he's certainly fabric of college basketball. He's really the face of college basketball. And But it, he's just so genuine, and I love his, I love his passion. And... The passion that he has for pediatric cancer, I wish everybody could find that kind of passion for some cause because he's been a great example to what when you decide you're going to do something to go go at it with everything you have, and, and he's done that in everything that he's ever done. You have a great passion for basketball. You've been in it a long time, what, 40 years, I think you 45, said? 45, 45 or 40, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you're in Tennessee, and you've really turned around that program. I mean... Uh, What's going on? Well, uh, a lot of good things are going on. The fact that we have tremendous leadership from the university side and great administrative uh, leadership with Danny White and his staff. And I've always tried to pride myself in the fact I want to get coaches around me that are better than me. And 
and I've done that, and certainly our players, but our, our fan base is just an incredible passion. They've, they've, they've always had it, and what I didn't know eight years ago that when I went there that it truly is one of the great fan bases ever, and uh, I think uh, if we can keep winning, people will recognize that. A lot of changes in college sports. Mm. How do you feel about NIL, the name, image, likeness, and the transfer portal, which could affect you guys greatly, positive well, or negative? It had, you know, there's a lot of things that have changed in 45 years, but you know what? You have to have the attitude that it is what it is. You've got to learn to deal with it. You got to accept it. I don't think any coach has a problem with players using his name, image, likeness. I really don't, and uh, I think if if players can. Um, can uh, benefit and capitalize on that. We, we certainly encourage them to do that. The transfer portal, um, I'm not sure yet how it's all going to play out over the years because I do think it has affected high school players because a lot of schools at different levels are going to go right to the transfer portal, not even look at high school players, which means that a lot of smaller schools are going to end up with some pretty good players, but the problem is they get good, they're going to not be there very long. So I think all of us are probably looking at a two-year two window in terms of if you recruit a guy at our level, if he doesn't play within two years, you don't expect him to be there. And I think that's pretty much true everywhere. Some people have called it kind of the wild, wild west yet because the governance isn't really there. Do you feel that way? Well, it started out with it without any governance. That's what, that's what got us where we are right now. I do think there's a real conscientious effort by athletic directors and and administrators to figure out how we can possibly get a rain or get some rains around it and maybe bring it in house. Who knows? But uh, the way it currently is, I, I, I just honestly don't see that it can sustain itself the way it is right now. But that doesn't mean we're saying it that, that uh, athletes can't use their name, image, likeness. That's something that I think everybody's in full agreement that we want to see happen. Certainly, you don't want any of that to be a part of the recruiting process, which. It has become that, and uh, that's the part that I think if we could all go back and think about it, we'd say, let's, let's do something different with this. But how, I don't know. I don't think anybody does. We're going to see the balls in the tournament again? Well, I'll be disappointed. I mean, we go after it every year knowing that if we get a chance, that's our, that's our goal. And like all the teams that get there, we, we see every year anybody can get to the Final Four and have a chance to win it. But uh, the goal has got to be to get there first. And you get there. Who knows? Rick, thanks so much. Thank you. That was Tennessee's Rick Barnes. Now we turn to a three-time World Series champion, likely Baseball Hall of Famer, and former catcher with the San Francisco Giants, Buster Posey. Buster and his wife have a very close connection with pediatric cancer. Yeah, so my wife, uh, we we have a friend whose son uh, was diagnosed with neuroblastoma when he was two. And we, we knew having the platform as a major league baseball family we wanted to to give back this was probably six or seven years five six seven years into my career already anyways our friend uh, melissa wiggins uh chronicled cannon's struggles with uh treatment of the cancers via uh, a book that used very graphic photos and uh shared it with us and we're obviously horrified at what this little two-year-old had to go through on top of that oh, yeah. top of that we had two-year-old twins at the time 
which all of them, thank God, are now 11. Cannon's doing well. Um, but just learning more about... Uh, just had a mom right here tell me that her 12-year-old son was given chemotherapy drugs that were invented in the late 70s. So um, I think that's a, a lot of it, is just trying to get a little bit more... You're, you're getting money into the hand of the heroes, the geniuses that are researching, the doctors that are coming up with new ways to treat these patients, these kids, and hopefully not only save the, their lives, but uh, make it to where they're not going to have um, you know, lifelong side effects to deal with as well. There have been a lot of changes in baseball since you left, particularly this year. What are your thoughts on all the things that have gone on? It's great. I mean, it's... Uh, you know, a fan myself, it's um, the best baseball I think I've watched in a really long time. It's just crisp. It's exciting. keeps moving. Um, I told somebody the other day is I'm still not used to the cadence of it because I'll, I'll watch a pitch, and then I'll turn away to talk to somebody or do something else, and I'll miss the next pitch because it's just so much quicker. Um, but I, I think it's wonderful, and, and I think we've always got to be – hopefully this is proof that we've always – got to be willing to try new things and change because I think baseball for the longest time and rightfully so um, has not wanted to to make some changes that they feel like might mess with the integrity of the game but uh, the integrity of the game to me is, is still going to be there unless it's something yeah. crazy off the wall so I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of it. So the pitch clock is working the ghost runner seems to be the one that most people object to yeah um, yeah, I've got no problem with it. I mean, I was a catcher. The last thing I wanted to do was catch 15, 16, 17 innings. I see what it does to a staff, um, you know, having to recover. And not only that, for a catcher's standpoint, if you had to catch a 15, 16, 17 inning game, I'll promise you, you're not having a day or two to recover. That affects you for two weeks. So I think for the longevity and health of players, I think it's a great thing. And Again, it, you got excitement right away. Um, you got a runner in scoring position, um, so I, I, I can see both sides of it. But I, I, I don't mind it. You literally changed the game with that injury you had, uh, and that that was a, a major rule change. It seems as though that has really helped. I think so. Yeah, I mean, that, for the longest time, you know, it wasn't necessarily something that I wanted my name to be associated with. Was with the rule change, but it's it's most definitely a positive. I mean, guys are so big and fast and strong now. Uh, somebody, I mean, I got hurt pretty bad, but I think we're fortunate that, you know, there wasn't a serious spinal in- injury or worse um, with collisions at the plate. So uh, definitely a, a, a move there in the right direction. So for those who don't know, it used to be where there could be a head-on collision, but now they kind of have to veer away yeah i mean you can still you can still have a collision with the with the catcher the caveat being if he's not blocking the plate you cannot deviate from your path and hit the catcher now if the catcher has the ball and is blocking the plate you can still run into the catcher you just don't see it as much anymore because most catchers are going to set up just in front of the plate and try to come back and swipe that final question yadi molina has great numbers, but I think yours are a little bit better. Do you feel that the Hall of Fame is in your future? <laughs> it's not for me to decide. Uh, just We'll just wait and see. I know I enjoyed the heck out of competing with him all those years, and he had a wonderful, wonderful career. 
and uh, feel blessed to have, have gotten to play uh, alongside him as much as I did. Yeah, and they think he might be a shoe-in, but who yeah, knows, you we'll know? see. Well, we'll good see. luck to you, and thank, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate yeah. it. That was three-time World Series champ Buster Posey. Our last guest is the man who hopes to return New York to college basketball greatness, none other than Rick Pitino. Championship coach with Kentucky and Louisville, for the past few years he has built Iona into an NCAA tournament team. Now he hopes to transform St. John's and make Madison Square Garden a college basketball haven again. I'm here to support Dick and the V Foundation. I've uh, been, been a contributor for years. And also, uh, obviously, anything I can do to help the V Foundation as well as Dick. Dick's a very close friend of mine, and I think the world of him. I'm very proud of Dick Vitale. You know, as great a coach as he was, but a lot of people don't realize they, they just think of him as an analyst. He was a great high school coach, a uh, great motivational speaker. Uh, he took the University of Detroit, which is an inner-city school that's very difficult to win at. <clears throat> and probably has had the most success of any coach ever at the University of Detroit. Then he went on to the Pistons, and then he went on to do ESPN. ESPN yeah. Now, you're kind of the buzz of New York these days. <laughs> How does that feel? Well, <clears throat> it was a blast coaching Iona. Now to try to bring St. John's back to the glory days in the 80s will be a lot of fun trying to master that. How much, has, well, I guess it's changed a lot. You've been in coaching for a long time. A lot of new rules now. I mean, it's a tougher job, isn't it? Well, the NIL and the portal has made it something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. Basically, amateur basketball, amateur athletes, is completely over. You, you now have professional basketball at the collegiate level. So, good or bad, it's here to stay. Not a whole lot that can be done about it. Uh, the NCAA has always been reactive, never proactive. They should have seen it coming. They didn't. And uh, now, they, they, quite frankly, they don't know what to do about it. Absolutely. Who were your mentors growing up? UB Brown uh, was someone I worked for. Jim, I was Jim Bayham's first assistant coach. Worked under UB. That was um, a great experience for me. Uh, but I always looked up to Vince Lombardi growing up. Uh, even though he's a football coach in the Packers, Vince Lombardi, for some a New York Italian kid growing up, Vince Lombardi was the standard of excellence for all of us. And will you guys be playing at the Garden? Or We're going to play seven games at the Garden this year, probably nine the following year. Uh, that's our home. Uh, Madison Square Garden is the home of the Knicks, Rangers, and St. John's. So we're real proud of that. That's great. Thanks very much, Rick, and good all luck right. to you. Thank you. Nice meeting you. Take care. Take care. So that was St. John's coach Rick Pitino, and that concludes our special podcast with interviews recorded at the V Foundation 2023 Gala at the Ritz-Carlton in Sarasota, Florida. If you're interested in learning more about the V Foundation or attending next year's event, just go to vfoundation.org. Thanks for being with us. I'm Gary McKillops. This has been Sports Across the Board. You've been listening to Sports Across the Board. Join us next time as we take you behind the scenes on everything from the big events and the big issues to discoveries that are changing the world of sports. Sports Across the Board is an exclusive presentation of the McKillops Group. If you like what you've heard, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.